Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course increase inquiries and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen and let's begin. Welcome to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. I'm so pleased that you're here. You know what? I have been just talking to my mum. Now, my mum, she was a psychologist as well. She was two years ahead of me at uni. Uh, and we were just having a conversation. She's asking me, oh, what have you been up to this morning? And I was sharing with her that I was updating the sales page for the Marketing with Soul program and that I wanted it to go evergreen. And she was saying to me, what's a sales page and what does evergreen mean? <laughs> and so I was explaining to her what both of those things meant. And she said to me, isn't it amazing? Like we never had to do any of this when we were psychologists. And it's true. Like when we were psychologists, we kind of just rocked around to different medical clinics and we it was just so easy for us to get clients it wasn't we never ever ever had to worry about it really not until the last few years when I went from bulk billing to charging fees but right while I was bulk billing and so was mum like we just never we never had a website we didn't do any of those things we didn't have a niche we didn't because in psychology in our experience we just didn't need it all that would happen for us was we would turn up at a psychology psychology at a belt building medical clinic or a super clinic or something like that and they'd just say yeah great we need a psychologist uh, when can you start and they would just put us in one of the doctor's rooms and that was you know you're always in a different one where I was um, I worked at many different doctor's clinics but you were usually in a doctor's room it had the sink in it and it had the bed in it and all of that it was all very very you know clinical like there was not a salt lamp or a candle to be seen <laughs> not a fluffy cushion nothing like that um it was all very clinical and the you had an inbox or an in tray behind reception and every day you would go in and it would be full of referrals and you would turn on the computer and they would have a diary you'd use their diary you weren't using Halaxy or anything necessarily and um in their calendar you know you would be booked back to back to back to back to back with you know sometimes 12 or 14 clients to see and this was just how it was day in day out and mum and I both worked like this for five sometimes six days a week and we did this for over 20 years at all different locations and yeah so it was kind of a shock to realize oh wait I have to do marketing now so for me the marketing even as a psychologist didn't really start until fairly well I mean if you look at the lifespan my career so far we're moving into year 27 wasn't until fairly recently of those 27 years that marketing was even a thing right and so it's been a huge learning curve um, but that's the thing I feel like when you're a psychologist it's super easy to get work if 
you know what you're doing, right? And you don't have to market a lot. You can, but it's not required. Whereas in counseling, it's mandatory. Like it's it's required. You would be doing yourself a big disservice and it's going to take you so much longer if you aren't marketing. But generally, I would say just in my experience with knowledge from my peers as well as my own experience, um, it's really pretty easy to fill a diary if you have those relationships with the doctors. And I'll tell you why. It's because especially like take Medicare, for example, and it's not the only rebatable service that psychs work under, but just I'm just going to use that for an example. I think it's really easy for psychologists to get work without marketing themselves under Medicare because the doctors already know that you're a psychologist, right? You've already got recognized authority. You've already got recognized credibility. It wasn't always like that. Like, you know, psychologists haven't been on Medicare for that long. Um, and it was a real battle and a push for us to get on. But now it's been long enough we're on it. Psychologists are on it. And because psychologists are required to work in a very much a medical model under Medicare in that they need to have a treatment focus, there needs to be an assessment focus, there needs to be treatment planning, there needs to be treatment outcome measurements, it's symptom focused, it's all those sorts of things. Doctors understand that really well because there is that shared understanding of the medical model and how everybody's going to work in it, it's easy for psychologists to get those referrals, especially if they're sitting inside an actual clinic. A bit harder with telehealth. Um, you know, in my experience, there are a lot of doctors that still would prefer that their clients are seen in person face-to-face. And I'll share that with a client and a client, many clients will you know, accept what their doctor is saying as, you know, law, L-O-R-E. And so they they want to follow the doctor's advice. And so I think you've got a better chance if you are actually physically present in a, in a clinic of getting referrals, but it's not required. But there is that shared understanding of what, of what the doctor does, what you do. And there's a lot of communication. So when you work under Medicare, there's a lot of paperwork you don't get paid for it, but there is a lot of paperwork. You have to, um, you know, write letters. Everything is documented. You have to write a letter to say you've got the referral and you're going to accept it. You have to do a uh, progress report. You have to request more sessions after the six sessions have gone through. Um, and then you get another referral and then that's for four sessions. And then you have to write another you know, treatment, closure, summary, some people call it discharge report. You have to do all of that. So there's all, and you have to do it for every single client, right? Uh, So there is also, I think, yeah, it's that shared understanding of accountability and it's that shared understanding of responsibility for the well-being of clients. And I think that's what makes it work so well, uh, the relationship between doctors and psychologists and doctors and accredited mental health social workers. Now, it's still been a huge battle for accredited mental health social workers to be able to receive the same level of acceptance uh, by the medical community, even as psychologists. 
So, you know, it, it's a, an amazing achievement when accredited mental health social workers can crack that relationship code and start receiving and start building that rapport and those relationships with their doctors so that they get ongoing opportunities to help people who really need that specialist level of care that only accredited mental health social workers are qualified to provide. I feel like because of all of those things, because of the shared understanding and because everybody is under, you know, APRA, well, not the social workers, they're, they're governed by the AASW, the Australian Association for Social Workers. Um, they're not governed by APRA. APRA is a um, government body, you know, it's a public entity and it's there to oversee the work that all health practitioners, including dentists and chiropractors and psychologists and, um, did I say doctors, <laughs> physiotherapists, everybody uh, is responsible and governed by them. So you have to understand that there's a shared understanding within that community of professionals of health professionals that were all working under this same umbrella they were all working to this same standard of accountability they were all working to this shared model of doing what's in the client's best interest okay and within APRA there are other levels as well so there's the psychology board or there's the just to give you that as an example, because I know that one, um, but there's all different boards, right, that you can also go and, you know, be governed by, that you are governed by. So there's a high, high, high level of monitoring, of accountability, of responsibility, of restriction, okay? So even with, say, psychologists working under Medicare, they're very restricted. They're restricted in terms of not only the number of sessions that they can have with a, with a client under that, you know, because the client is only getting up to 10 rebates. They might not even get those 10 rebates. So there's restrictions there. There's also restrictions around approved interventions. So, you know, they have to work within that medical model of what's considered to be an approved intervention under Medicare. So something that's really evidence-based and you all know what those are. Um, but I think too, because the emphasis on Medicare is very much on getting a quick outcome and not necessarily, um, I'm going to use the wrong words here, but it's not necessarily curing something or fixing something. It's it's very, it's often um and it's only my opinion and it's only my, yeah, it's only my five cents and I'm sure others will have a different opinion. But to me, it's very much a Band-Aid. It's like, let's try and put a, let's try and calm you down a little bit now. And then what often happens, not all the time, but what was normal in the settings I was in was that people would use their air quotes free sessions and then they would disappear only to return in January the following year, once their sessions had reset and they had them again, right? So, so many layers of restriction for the psychologist, plus all of this extra admin, plus because of their role 
and because of their authority and because of their credibility and because of how they're they're viewed and the important part that they play in the treatment and care of the clients along with the treating practitioner and maybe the OT or the physio or whoever else was involved, often it's the case where that psychologist will be asked to submit a file or to go to court or receive a subpoena or write a report or attend a case conference. I know when I was working under um, the work cover funding model, there were occasions where I needed to go and speak with the clinical board uh, and their role was to make sure that I was using only approved interventions, right? I couldn't use person-centered therapy. I couldn't sit there and talk about, you know, let's connect with your higher self and your, and your inner wisdom. I couldn't do any of that. It was all monitoring, 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 strict, strict, strict. And so the responsibilities and looking back, the stress of it, um, you know, it really requires you to look after yourself and that means having good supervision having good self-care all of those sorts of things and when it comes to marketing I see a reluctance from counsellors to want to learn how to do it and I get that you know you've you've learned counselling okay you've done your bachelor's and your master's and or diplomas or whatever you've done you've got your you've done a qualification you've had some training and now you're ready to go out into the world and see clients but what you don't understand or what you don't know is that you're up against it when psychologists are viewed as one way and counselors are viewed differently it's because counselors work differently One of the best things about counselling is not having the focus on the medical model, is not having the focus on the symptoms and the treatment, unless that's your niche, of course. It's also not having that same level of accountability. It's not having to work with those restrictions. It's not having to be answerable and, you know, all of the things you get to spend as much time as it's going to take with a client and one of the most beautiful valuable special things that counselors have that not that many psychologists do and I know there's always exceptions but generally speaking counselors get to do so much more powerful work in that they get to see beyond symptoms to the person they get to really build that relationship and really build that rapport and that's where true change comes from I believe that's where true change comes from and there's no extra admin you don't have to be writing all these letters all the time you don't have to be answering to other people all the time it doesn't happen for you The work that you do is so, so, so important and it is so valuable, um, not only for for the clients, but for the community. The community needs it. The community doesn't need to be rushed through six or 10 sessions of, of, you know, CBT or some kind of evidence-based therapy in the hopes that it's going to work. And do you know what? 
those sorts of therapies, they do work. They're evidence-based. There's evidence behind them. But we also know the relapse rate's really high. And I feel, it's just my opinion again, but I feel like part of that is because they rush through things. And counsellors don't rush. Counsellors can take time and really sit with somebody in that space, really meet somebody where they are. The counsellor doesn't have an agenda. The psychologist does. The psychologist's agenda is how quickly can I fix this person? How, uh, lack of a better word, and I'm not using the right word, but how quickly can I get change for this person? Okay. Um, they're motivated by their outcomes because they're accountable for their outcomes. Here, do the DAS. They've got to do the DAS in the first session. They do the DAS in the last session. They do the DAS halfway through. It's like they're constantly being check, 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 that they're using the right uh, approaches and that they're getting improvements with the clients. You don't have that hanging over your head in counselling. You just get the freedom of working at the client's pace Focusing on what comes up with that client. Yes, of course, you're going to have an intention about how you want things to unfold and there will be a goal and all those kinds of things, but it's not hard and fast and strict and and all of that kind of stuff. And that's what makes counselling so powerful, I believe. It is so, 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 so powerful. It's not a quick fix. Counsellors do not provide quick fixes. Counsellors are more about the relationship, building that, building the space for trust, holding that container for the client, making that client feel seen, feel heard. That's so important. I know a lot of the time clients don't feel seen and heard by psychologists necessarily, especially if they're working under something, for example, like a Medicare framework, because the agenda is different, right? The agenda of the psychologist is very clear it's all about you know I'm on this we've got to we've got to get this this change happening for you so different to counseling but one of the things that while psychologists don't necessarily uh, it's always beneficial for psychologists to be marketing yes of course especially if they're not in a place like a bulk bullying medical clinic or clinic or a private medical clinic where they've got this or a school where they've got all these free-flowing referrals or the ability to generate free-flowing referrals if they want them they can do that for uh you know working with students under mental health care plans they could do it for assessment work if they wanted to opportunities are there right pretty much all they need to do is make themselves known and that work will be available however it's very very different for counsellors counsellors do need to market themselves they absolutely need to be known in their local area if they're doing face-to-face but also online, okay? It's so important. And I think too that there's a lack of clarity in the community about what counsellors do and how it's different. And I really feel that as part of the marketing, counsellors would do well not to downplay or denigrate the work that psychologists do because there's nothing wrong with that work. That works fine. It's just different to what counsellors do but I think if they do compare and contrast 
this if you want this you need to go to a psychologist but if you want this then I'm your person I think something like that can be very very helpful in demonstrating to a client who's confused about the differences uh, that can make it so much easier for that client to then make an informed decision about the type of support that they want and need. When it comes to having GP meet and greets, I'm still unclear why counsellors want to do this. Now, I have provided lots of training and roadmaps and flyers and handouts and templates and everything that you need to go and do them if that's what you'd like to do. And there is space for some counsellors to go and do that like grief and loss, for example, because grief and loss isn't covered on a mental health care plan. Grief and loss isn't a mental health condition. That's why it's like a a life event, a a life transition. However, um, in general, I don't see the value in counsellors who don't have a niche going and talking to a doctor when that doctor's already going to just be referring somebody to a psychologist or an accredited mental health social worker unless that counsellor can make a really clear case of how working with them and referring patients to them is going to benefit the doctor and is going to benefit the client. Uh, So I feel like until counsellors can explain what they do to doctors in a way that's going to demonstrate that value, it's probably best maybe to focus your energies somewhere else while you're getting started, while you're building up the practice, okay? And by that, I mean go to places that already understand what counselling is. So go to other disciplinary clinics like that have complementary services to counselling, Do you know what I mean? I really want to emphasize that without having things like a niche, and yes, you can have more than one niche, you might have two, that's okay. But without people understanding why they need to refer to you, it's going to take you so much longer to get referrals. So unlike psychologists who don't necessarily need a niche, they can, and they can absolutely specialize. Of course they can but it's not required. If they go and have a room at the medical clinic, they're just going to, it's like one in all in. They just get a mixed bag. You never know what's coming through. But counsellors don't have that luxury, if you want to call it that, of just having like an influx of referrals coming through. And so for this reason, in order to attract them, people need to know why and when and how they're going to refer to your practice. And for this reason, you need to be marketing in such a way that lets people know those three things okay and not only do you need to educate referrers about that but also educating clients about that too so when you do things like be very general on your psychology today profile yes you may get a lot of results views and you may get some traffic but it's unlikely you're going to be inundated with inquiries and then be able to convert those inquiries to bookings and paid clients Versus somebody who has, you know, instead of saying that they do all of the things, if they say they only do three or four of the things, that person gets more more work. 
it feels counterintuitive because you don't want to miss out and you feel like casting your net wide is going to result in more work but you would have to agree that that's not the case that's not how it that's not how it happens and I appreciate it does feel very scary to say well instead of saying I'll do all of these things and I'll only say I do these two or three things that's going to feel super scary it will because it's a change and it's different and you feel like you're cutting your yourself short you know but the reality is that's how you get more work you become known for something having instagram handles that help you become known for something is another way that you can really get some work through the doors okay so calling yourself like i my handle on Instagram is at the private practice coach so anytime people see anything I post it gets it goes into their mind oh she's a private practice coach okay so thinking about your marketing is so 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 important and honestly you have to give your marketing while you're just beginning as a counselor your marketing needs to take up about 70% of your time I'm not joking It's not a matter of, well, I'm not going to work today because I've got no clients. No, you still have to work. You're going to sit at your computer and you're going to write out your marketing plan and you're going to update your website and you're going to do all of the things. You're going to send your emails and review your Psychology Today profile and you're going to tick things off. And it's 70% of your time is going to go into the marketing. And I know that's hard for some people to hear. But the the thing that's going to be even more difficult for others to hear is that there's a fairly good chance you don't know what marketing is and there's a fairly good chance that you're flying blind, that you're winging it. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I'd spoken to a therapist that said they were winging it, do you know what? I'll be a wealthy lady. (laughs) You don't need to wing it. And winging it, it, it may work if you fluke it, but generally it's not going to. And it's going to take you so much longer to get the clients that you want compared to if you just admitted, hey, I need help and I've got to go and learn how to do this. When you learn how to do it, you never need to learn it again. You will have those skills for life. And that's why understanding your marketing is just as important as understanding how to be good at therapy, how to be good at counseling. And that's what I want you to know. And do you know what? When I got qualified as a psychologist, I just thought I was going to hang my shingle, as they say, and, you know, everybody would come. It wasn't like that until I moved into a medical clinic and then, boom, never looked back. But you don't necessarily have that luxury as a counsellor yet. Or we don't even know if it's going to happen. I don't... I'm not convinced it's going to happen and that we'll get on Medicare. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, yeah, I've got to be careful what I say. <laughs> so I'll just keep my thoughts to myself on that for now. But in terms of you being able to fill your books, it's absolutely possible. I feel like the reason it's taking some of you longer than you want is because you just don't know. You just don't have the competence yet in marketing your practice. I think there are probably some mindset issues going on. Like I don't want to market because that doesn't feel right. It's slimy and it's pushy and it's all of the things. And I get that. 
but I feel like without you learning how to market, you're going to stay in that mindset (laughs) because marketing isn't like that at all. In fact, the ladies that have gone through, the 50 ladies that have gone through marketing with soul will tell you it's not like that at all. You just haven't learned how to do it in a way that's authentic and aligned and that's heart-centered. That's all. You look at other people who are selling or you look at other programs that are going to teach you how to fill diaries or whatever it is but they're written for coaches or they're written for other industries and so of course they're not going to work for you or they're not going to feel right because they're not that those courses aren't designed for therapists and they're not designed for therapists who are running private practices either and if they are chances are they probably haven't been created by somebody who is or was a therapist in private practice you know So I really feel like this year, if you want to get more referrals, you do need to find a way of learning how to market. And that's what Marketing with Soul is all about. It's just nine modules. You can do them at your own pace. You can submit as much work as you want for feedback. You get feedback within 48 hours. Uh, you, You got coaching calls you've got everything that you need there so that the whole point of it is so that you don't have to come back and so that you can continue to fill your diary and it works and it gets results and you're going to see a sales page at some point of mine when I release it and when I start doing my own marketing you'll see my sales page and you'll see all of the amazing progress and results of everybody who's been through it and you'll see for yourself that it works I feel like It's understandable that there would be fear and it's understandable that you're probably thinking I don't have money to go, you know, investing in programs like this. Marketing's not important. I need clients. Well, marketing's how you're going to get your clients. The people who have the fully booked diaries know how to market their practice. You don't yet. And that's why you're still struggling. And that's why this program was created. It was you are the ideal client that this was created for. But if you're going to be in a mindset of limitation and you're going to be in that mindset of I can't, I can't, it will never happen for me, da, 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 I can't help you. (laughs) Um, My dream clients are people who say I haven't been able to do it yet, but I, I know I need to learn how and I will find a way to do this course or do this program so that I can you know, fix this so that I can overcome this obstacle that I've got. My The clients that I work with are resourceful, you know, they're women who, you know, they find ways of making things happen. They find ways and that's what I love about them. They don't enroll me in their limitations. Like what I mean by that is, do you know, we were talking about the four levels of consciousness in the past and how the very first level is the to me level of consciousness. Yeah. So I don't tend to work with clients who are in that level of consciousness. It's, I'm not a vibrational match for them. There are other people who will work with those clients who are in that state, but not me. So the to me level of consciousness is when private practice owners are saying, I can't fill my book because I'm not on Medicare. I can't fill my book because other practitioners around me, I don't know, whatever, 
I've lowered my fee so much. I'm only charging $60 a session and I still can't do my, I still can't fill my book. Um, I want more free things and then hopefully I'll be able to fill my book. It's all of that sort of victim mindset and it's the I can't, it won't happen. I, I don't, nothing works for me, da, 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 da. It's that, that sort of, yeah. The people that do really well with the work and the content that I put out, they're usually beginning in level two, which is the by me consciousness. They're usually in, they were in the to me, we were all there at some point and then we all move up and up and up. So they've come out of that to me. And now they're in by me and they're like, do you know what? I'm done with this. It's time for me to make this happen. It's time for me to get this going because I do not want to go back to a part-time job. I do not want to avoid another get together uh, because I know people are going to ask me how my business is going and I don't want to have to be put on the spot and say it's not, (laughs) you know, this is time for me to roll up my sleeves and make this happen right where do I sign up what tell me what to do and I will do it they're the women that tend to join my programs they're either in that stage or they're up in the next one which is that sort of through me stage it's the level three of the four levels of consciousness and they're connected sorry I just whacked my microphone (laughs) they're connected so they're sort of saying do you know what I identify as somebody that really loves spirituality I really believe it's true for me at this point in my life that I can listen to my intuition and I just need to learn how to trust it more. I am someone who gets nudges. I am someone who just kind of knows things. Like I knew before I put out that post, it was going to get this reaction, right? I know that I'm supported all the time by the universe. I'm going to trust that. I know my higher consciousness, if I connect with that, will always guide me in the direction that's best for myself and all others. So Or they have an awareness that that's where they want to be. They want to be in that space. And maybe some of them are even, you know, right at the beginning stage and they're using cards, you know, they're using cards, they're pulling cards, taking guidance from the cards, but they're they're open to this idea of it's bigger than them, right? And so they start to think, okay, I want to access my subconscious mind more. How can I do that? And how can I use this new tool to support me in connecting more deeply with my clients? How can I get out of ego mindset, back down into that heart-centered space and do my marketing from that place of being heart-centered? Give me a, a strategy for that. And so I do, they have meditations, they have visualizations for heart-centered marketing strategies. And they're, they're the ones that it's like, you know, Rebecca Campbell, she talks about the rose and, and things opening up. And it's so true. When these ladies come into the course, they are like the rose bud. They're kind of closed and not sure and hopeful and, you know, with a little bit of love and with a little bit of tender care and with a little bit of you know, watering and composting and pruning and sun and light and all of those sorts of things, 
they start to grow the bud starts to unfold it begins to open open you can see them opening their mind opening their marketing messaging opening their practices opening the diaries opening and now just like a flower attracts a bee or a butterfly they're attracting beautiful clients to their practice you know and that's what I want you to take away from this it's so much more difficult I believe for counsellors to set up a, a profitable and successful private practice in some respects than it is for psychologists and even perhaps some accredited mental health social workers okay as I said for different reasons and so for that reason I wouldn't be a very good private practice coach if I didn't show you that I get it and that I understand it, but also show you what you need to do to get yourself out of this pickle, okay? Getting your qualification in counselling was only half of the journey. It's not the full journey. You do that and then you need to go and learn how to market your practice effectively, lovingly, authentically truthfully in integrity and in a short space of time you will start attracting the right clients for your practice at the right price point at the hours that you want not the hours you feel you have to offer seeing the clients you want to work with not taking every referral that comes your way all those sorts of things. And over time, your confidence and your self-perception and a sense of self-assuredness is going to improve and all of that's going to shore up. And this, you're going to be able to stand in your power finally, finally, knowing that you know now what to do. You've got the code. It's been cracked. You know exactly what to do. And so I want you to go away if you're a counsellor and think about what we've discussed today because it is so important and I want you to have a successful and a thriving private practice. But I also want you to know that it is going to be tricky and it is going to be difficult. It's not necessarily going to be easy, especially if you don't have the skills and by that, I mean the skills that are relevant to our industry, okay? So I love you so much and I know that you can do this. And I know, I know, I know, I know that the world needs you and that clients need to sit with you in your space with the salt lamp, with the throw rug, with the cushions, with with all the nice, yummy, delicious, comforting, snuggly, cozy things. I know that they need that. And I know that they need your time. They don't need to be rushed. They don't need to be pressured. They don't need to be stressed. All I want is your time and your understanding and your empathy and your compassion and space. Because you know what? I think those things help clients heal themselves and it's not our journey to, it's not our job, sorry, to heal people. Our, our role is to help them to heal themselves and we get to do that by doing this and this stuff is so different to Medicare in so many ways, okay, and that's the gift 
that you have. This is the path you chose. And and this is what the world needs from you right now. Okay. Do you love it so much? I love it so much. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave it there. I hope that this was helpful and insightful and got you to think about things in in different ways from different perspectives but you're doing a great job you're doing a great job but if you're struggling to fill your diary it's not because of anything you're doing wrong it's because of things you don't know yet and you're probably guessing at that's all I can help you with that and if you want help with that of course let me know okay All right, my lovelies, have a beautiful Saturday. I hope you're going to have a nice weekend. Uh, Lucky for us, we dodged the rain for this podcast, right? (laughs) And I will talk to you for Wednesday. Bye. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.